intervals of clouds and sunshine on Thursday. With the best ride in and out of the city, I'm Chanel Crispin, Bloomberg 1130, Bloomberg Surveillance Now. Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. This update is brought to you by Sector Spider ETFs. Buy by a single stock when you can invest in the entire sector. Visit SectorSPDRS.com or call 1-866-SECTOR-ETF. U.S. stock index futures are lower this morning with S&P E-mini futures down 10.5 points. Dow E-mini futures down 72 and NASDAQ E-mini futures down 14. This is investors consider the capacity of central banks to boost global growth. We do check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. DAX in Germany is down six tenths percent. The FT100 down seven tenths percent, and the CAC in Paris down nine tenths percent. Ten-year Treasury is up six thirty seconds. The yield one point nine three percent. Yield on the two-year point nine four percent. NYMEX crude oil is down two point three percent, or eighty-seven cents at thirty-six thirty-one a barrel. COMEX gold down seven tenths percent, or eight dollars seventy cents to twelve thirty-six forty an ounce. The euro is at a dollar ten ninety-four. The yen at one thirteen even. Value in Pharmaceuticals International down about 17% in early trading after lowering its sales and profit forecast for 2016. Freeport McMoran down 14.5% this morning as commodity prices declined for a second day. And Jeffries Group reporting a fiscal first quarter loss as trading stocks and bonds tumbled 82%. And I'm sorry, Freeport McMoran rather down 4.5%. This says commodity prices declined for a second day. So 4.5% decline for Freeport McMoran. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike. Karen Moscow, thank you very much. Tom, depressing uh, tweet here out of Russia. Uh, someone in Russian quoting Vladimir Putin this morning, the people approve of repressive measures, even the interior ministry, if they are in the public interest. Wasn't that said this weekend and, and somewhere you, in American you, politics? You, yeah, you would. Uh, <clears throat> we would have laughed about that at some point and made fun of them, but uh, no longer. Chuck Todd is the host of NBC's Meet the Press, uh, also the political director for NBC News and uh, star of uh, Bloomberg Radio, because you can hear Meet the Press every Sunday, 12 and 3 here. Uh, 11 and 3, rather, here on uh, Bloomberg Radio. Uh, good morning, Chuck. Uh, it is uh, kind of weird that um, something like that could be said in Russia and it could equally almost apply to a political candidate here in the United States. You know, it's very interesting what's going on. David Brooks uh, actually uh, two shows ago noted this as well, which is, you know, when we're as a society, there's always a portion in a democratic society when they're frustrated with the mechanics of government, right, when they're frustrated that things don't get done, where they sit there and say, well, uh, I'd like a more... Um, you know, they don't want to say they want an autocrat, but essentially they want a strongman, right? A strongman, you know, you know, one they trust, but there is this idea of looking for strength. So, look, he is appealing to this portion of the electorate that would, would want an efficient manager. Um, and, you know, I think there is that fine line is from strong leader to strong man, <laughs> right. you know. It does. It's within degrees. That's for sure. Chuck, we've got to back up here and for our global audience, make clear that Mr. Todd uh, 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 basically invented granularity in political analysis <laughs> as a ute and that he has been a pinata for Mr. Trump long before Mr. Trump 
decided to run for office, Mr. Trump yeah. taking after you out on Twitter. I think you've got a more interesting take on this than arguably anybody in the media. And the simple answer is if he moves to the middle, is any candidate must, do the people that support him and taking shots at Chuck Todd, among other things, do they move with him? I, I can't get there. Well, I think his people move with him. What I don't know is how does he grow? Look, his people are his people. Okay, I think we have let's let's you know twenty two contests now. Uh, how many times do we go? Oh boy, this one could hurt him. This one could. Nothing peels support away from him. Now the question is, does he add to it? Can he add on support? Um, and in 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 the primaries, and that's where we haven't seen any evidence that he can add on support. And so as the field narrows, he seems to be getting, depending on the state, potentially vulnerable. So we'll find out tonight. But I think that's the that to me is still an open question. Everything he does reinforces his support, including the idea of saying, "Yeah, I'll look into paying the legal fees," or "You know, I want to punch these protests." His people love it, but it's not a way to grow support. And if he doesn't grow support, and he's short of the delegates at the convention, I think the party's going to feel as if a majority of the Republican Party is saying, "Stop him." And if that's what the message is by the convention. He's not going to find the 50 delegates he may need if he's 50 short, for instance, to get that nomination. Uh, Ron Fournier in The Atlantic uh, today, and E.J. Dion was uh, agreeing with the sentiment, uh, suggesting that the ultimate problem we're going to have is that because um, Trump is so divisive, and has lied so much, and because Hillary Clinton is so uh, untrusted by people that you know, even yeah. you, you get past the campaign, you're going to have trouble governing, no matter. Who I think it's like. ungovernable. It's funny you said. I completely agree with Ron, and he and I talk about this a lot. It doesn't matter what happens. First of all, you're going to have half the country that's going to think the election wasn't legitimate, particularly if Trump loses. I think his people are going to say it was somehow taken away from him. Um, it doesn't matter. You know, there, there's going to be a legitimacy issue. I think the second is there's going to be whoever becomes president, whether it's Trump or Clinton, let's say that's what happens, that they're the general election. Whoever wins is going to be already have a negative approval rating. That's no way to govern. There's no honeymoon there. There's no way of sort of turning a page or something about a presidential election that usually we all want to sort of take a breath and, and give the new guy a new guy or gal a chance. Um, under this scenario, there wouldn't be. It'll be so destructive. So I don't, I don't know where this goes. Um, I'm pretty pessimistic. I do think this right. is eight all over again. Please, but Nixon, Nixon and Humphrey. I don't think it would have mattered. Both. I think Humphrey would have had a failed presidency too. You know, I mean, it's yeah. a struggle in either way. That's the mood the country's in. Chuck, I looked up Cleveland conventions, and it took me back to Calvin Coolidge, 24, and Elf Landon. 36. I mean, the Republican Party's allowed to morph as Democratic Party does it any. But when you sit around NBC with uh, Ms. Mitchell and uh, with the, uh, Mr. Williams and the others at MSNBC and M- NBC, what is the framework of your discussion that the establishment is going to reach out to Mr. Trump? I haven't observed that yet. I think he did a lot of damage to himself this weekend. You know, look, every... All these, you know, the establishment's not looking for much from Trump, but they're looking for a little bit of effort, a little bit of yeah. toning it down, a little bit of presidential uh, acting. And he'll do it for about um, 30 minutes, you know. He'll do it tonight, right? He's done it this morning on the shows already, the morning shows that he's called into. He'll come across reserved in common, and then by tomorrow or the next day, he'll say something outrageous, 
say something outlandish, and then we go through this, we go through the motions all over again. So I think the establishment, you know, especially if if he loses Ohio tonight, will feel like they shouldn't stop trying to stop him. Um, they'll throw in the towel if he wins Ohio, because um, he's probably going to win Florida too. But if he doesn't, I think it only is going to make the establishment yeah. feel as if, you know what, they have they have a majority of the party behind them to stop him. That's that's going to be the mindset tonight, and that is some that is something that Trump needs to needs to do. He still needs to win over a majority of the party at some point. He's not there yet. Um, Super Tuesday, uh, Super Tuesday two, uh, as we could call this, is is important, of course, but uh, even more important uh, to most Americans, the uh, NCAA tournament gets underway. Your, yes, your, it does. Your George Washington Colonials left out. Uh, they'll play tomorrow in the NIT, but uh, I know you also have a rooting interest in how the University of Miami does. They, yeah, I was just going to say, I really thought at the beginning of the year I was going to get both of them turning. Uh, I still could make a case that GW should have been in. They beat the Big East champs, Stephen Hall. They beat UVA at number one seat. So I'm just saying, you know, GW is one of those bubble teams that deserve a little better treatment. That well, said, I, that, that they, said, my Hurricanes, I'll tell you this, they got they got a really tough draw. I think the toughest bracket in the region is that South Bracket. Yeah. Kansas, Villanova, Miami, do you know at one point all three of them were considered one seeds in the last two weeks? Miami, had they won the last two games in the ACC tournament, beating UVA and then beating USC, they'd have been a one seed. So that's a tough right. region, man. Chuck, I just finished my bracket. Francine Lacroix over in London helped me out. Um, we went with the blue uniforms. So we've got <laughs> North Carolina and Kansas in the, you know. There it is. Final. Oh, the, Roy Williams, the Roy Williams final, huh? Yeah. <laughs> who have you got in your, your bracket yeah, there, no, Chuck? We, no, we I need went some good advice. Overhead. I went hard overhead. I went ahead with a Miami North Carolina final. Oh, uh, even I know I that's Miami, absurd. Realistically, I think Miami gets to the eight and loses. I think the seniors matter, and that will get them to the eight. I think Larenig is a great coach, but I think they lose to Kansas. But but my heart, I'm going ahead and pick because I'll be. It's more fun to at least root for your team all the yeah. way, right? I, I um, recommend you bring up this line of conversation with Mr. Trump the next no, time but you I'm speak with, you. with him. I think UNC. I have UNC. <laughs> Realistically, the, in the in the non-biased bracket, UNC beating Kansas as well. Chuck Todd, thank you so much. Opinion right, for Mr. Trump. He is with NBC and uh, doing work with MSNBC. So, Mike, it's hilarious to go back and look at the tweets from Mr. Trump and yeah. Mr. Todd. Well, it's it is just... and it isn't. I mean, it's very it's very sad that um, that we have gotten to the point. And I recommend everybody go to Atlantic.com, look up Ron Fournier's yeah. article. Uh, yeah. It's uh, it, yeah. it is very. Uh, it's called Circling the Drain with Trump, and it is, it's very uh, great dissection of what we have done to ourselves. It's, it's yeah. not just Trump, but it's uh, us. Our full discussion with this tonight, with all due respect, I'm Mark Halpern and John Heilman, with perspective on this Tuesday in Florida and Ohio. Another hour of Bloomberg Surveillance.